Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about the importance of digging deep in due diligence. Investors are no strangers to maximizing value. Sometimes value creation happens through genuine means, and other times it happens through manipulation of the system. We all know there's a link between income and value. The math is pretty simple. You take the net income after expenses, divide that number by the market cap rate for comparable properties to calculate the value. Pretty simple and pretty bulletproof objective method for calculating value. But what happens when properties are difficult to lease? Rent is subject to the laws of supply and demand just like anything else. And if there's high vacancy in the area, then eventually landlords will drop rents in order to attract more tenants. Conversely, if the local vacancy rate is low, then landlords might raise rents. After all, if you're going to be full anyway, you might as well maximize your income and let the tenants bid up the price for rental accommodations. But there's a middle ground. What happens when the product is new and there's a lot of new supply entering the market? The asking rent could still be high, but then the landlord offers a leasing incentive. Maybe they offer 13 months for the price of 12. Maybe they offer a brand new television. Maybe they make the first month free and offer to start the lease in month two. Still, the landlord took the money up front as a security deposit and transferred the funds from the security deposit account into the rental account. From the market perspective, it still looks like a 12-month lease. The tenant got an 8% discount on their rent for the year, but it doesn't appear anywhere. The accounting records for the business look like the landlord got a full 12-month lease. The 13th month appears off the record. When an 8% discount is systematically hidden from the market and buyers, this is the very definition of market manipulation. Now, in January of 2016, the International Accounting Standards Board issued some guidance called IFRS 16 on leasing, which represents the first major overhaul in lease accounting in over 30 years. The standard brings fundamental changes to lease accounting that replace the previous accounting that's really no longer fit for purpose. These changes became effective on the 1st of January 2019. But it's not clear that many companies in the world of real estate investing have in fact adopted these standards. And even if they did, there's a lot of holes in these standards that still leave lots of room for, let's say, creative accounting. Even the attempt to clarify leasing standards leaves a ton of open questions. For example, when does an improvement made by the landlord for the sole benefit of the tenant constitute a leasing incentive? When does a new high-definition TV become a leasing incentive versus a capital improvement to the property? When does an upgraded TV channel package for a tenant become a leasing incentive and should be reported as such? There's numerous improvements that frankly fall into this gray zone. When you consider the spending of money on the balance sheet goes into the capital structure of a property, it won't be counted as an expense. Therefore, it won't impact the net earnings and won't negatively impact the value. But if the spending of that money results in higher revenue, then the impact of valuation on paper can be significant. Well, this is actually the very definition of a value add to a property, and it can be very legitimate. For example, if you improve a property by adding washers and dryers, and in turn you charge higher rent, then you're said to have improved the property, and it's perfectly fair for you to be rewarded for that improvement. But if you offer a month of free rent, you haven't actually improved the property. You have an economic vacancy, and what we're talking about is definitely in that gray zone. It takes close scrutiny by someone with a keen eye to spot these types of manipulations. Somewhere, there's a fine line, and if you stay on the right side of that line, you're making property improvements, and if you cross the line, you're being a cheater and a manipulator. 
Another type of lease incentive is a contingent lease incentive. This is when the lease incentive is contingent upon the occurrence of a future event. Now the new guidance under IFRS 16 doesn't deal with that case. The point is that there's still numerous ways in which a landlord can hide incentives from their income statement and even their balance sheet and still be in full compliance with the accounting rules. The IFRS 16 guidance on incentives only addresses incentives that are originally stated in the contract and are either paid at inception or over the lease term. The standard does not specifically deal with lease incentives that are granted by the landlord subsequent to the contract's inception, which raises the question of how they should be accounted for. For example, you might have an incentive that's offered to a tenant for renewing a lease. That'd be an example of a contingent incentive. Sometimes the incentive is granted in a side agreement that doesn't form part of the original lease. It could be signed five minutes after the signing of the lease and theoretically would not need to appear on the balance sheet as a liability to the tenant nor as an expense on the income statement. Yet most rational people would agree that these types of incentives can in fact be done to hide lower financial performance of an asset. As you think about that, pay very close attention and keep a keen eye for these types of things occurring whenever you evaluate a new asset for purchase. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.